Hey there. My name is Aubrey Henderson. I'm a self-worth coach and professional calm in the chaos. I believe that when you're feeling stuck in your life and you can't decide on the next right step, that getting some perspective or a pep talk from someone outside of your shoes can be an absolute game changer. This podcast is that pep talk. Every week, I'll share my responses to listener questions, real life coaching sessions, and interviews about topics that you can connect with and learn from. All things that will help you to reconnect with your own self-worth and inner goodness and vision for your life so you can feel great and get shit done. Welcome to Ask Aubrey. I'm so glad you're here. Hey babes, welcome to this week's episode. So this week I decided to share two episodes of the podcast instead of my usual one weekly episode. And as is news to absolutely no one, um, as I'm recording this, we are in the midst of a very scary and traumatic situation, a global pandemic that has forced people to figure out how to cope with a life that looks very different than our normal day-to-day rhythms and routines for so many of us. And I know that dealing with that and making it through our days is looking different for every single person right now. And so for some folks, they are finding it helpful to, you know, learn and take in as much information as they can about COVID-19, about, you know, what's unfolding globally, and to hear people's personal accounts and experiences and to continually kind of be learning more information. They're finding that empowering. And then for others, right, it is the last thing on earth that you want to hear about right now. Maybe you're weary, um, you know, of hearing about this. Maybe you feel like there's no escaping it and you'd like to focus instead on just getting through your day and maintaining your mental health and doing what you need to do to stay afloat and just survive. And so both of these are totally fine and understandable perspectives. And I just want to honor what you need wherever you're at as you are listening to this podcast. And so that's why I've created two episodes for you this week. So this episode that you're currently listening to right now, episode 26, is a conversation with someone who was actually tested for COVID-19 in New York City and wanted to share about his experience, not only having the actual test done, but also waiting almost a week to receive his test results while also isolating alone in his apartment. And so if that sounds like something that you want to hear, please keep listening. This person was kind enough to share his story in the hopes that it could help others. But if that sounds overwhelming to you, not the vibe that you're feeling today, then what I would suggest is uh, jumping over to check out episode 27, which I released at the same time as this episode. And episode 27 is a guided meditation on self-love, acceptance of ourselves exactly as we are, and how to, you know, create a safe home within ourselves for whatever emotions we're feeling or processing in that moment. And so, you know, my thinking is that that would be a really good relaxing listen for anybody who is feeling more that speed today. So if that sounds like 
more of what you're looking for right now, feel free to just press pause here and hop over to episode 27. But for those of you who are still here and who decide you want to keep listening to this episode, thank you. I hope you find some meaning in it. And of course, please accept my big caveat that I am no kind of medical or public health professional, y'all. I am just a curious self-worth coach and friend and human wanting to understand and make sense of all of this just like you are. And so please, please, please use a trusted source, a reputable source like the CDC, for example, to get your medical and your public health information. And I also just want to be clear that this interview captures one person's specific experience only, and also that this conversation was recorded on March 24th, 2020. So that was almost two weeks ago, so two weeks before this episode is going to be released. And so as you know, things are changing, unfolding super quickly. And so keep that in mind if you're listening to the conversation and there are some like details or information that sounds like maybe that's slightly outdated. Just keep in mind, it was a few weeks ago that this conversation happened. And finally, please know that if listening to this is not in your mental health's best interest today, I totally get it. Do what you need to do to take care of yourself because that is all that any of us can do right now. Hi, so thanks for chatting with me today. How are you? Of course. Um, I am doing as well as possible given the circumstances. I'm hanging in there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a wild, wild moment that we are in. Um, you know, I know we're chatting today because you have kind of a very particular experience you've had recently given all of this you know stuff going on with coronavirus COVID-19 whichever you know thing you're calling it in a particular scenario and so whatever um, the buzzword is now exactly so (laughs) I you know um yeah would love if you would share a bit about kind of what your experience has been personally as much as you're willing to share yeah sure um so I um I work for an industry that's been hit pretty heavy by all the stuff that's going on. Um, We were operating under pretty strict, um, you know, safety and uh, health precautions for a while, um, as long as we possibly could. But then last Monday we were ordered to close and um, we were um, told that we we would be paid through the end of the month, but then we ended up um, being laid off and, uh, we were only paid through last Saturday. Um, so a, a lot of things happening with that. Um, so there's the stress of that also. Um, but, uh, I also was, uh, last, last Friday, um, started exhibiting symptoms that I was writing off as seasonal allergies kind of. Mm. Um, and, uh, um, I, kind of I kind of wondered like if it might be something other than that Um, and then uh, I kind of wrote it off because I get seasonal allergies around this time of year and then um, on Saturday I took a nap and woke up with uh, chills and what I would was assuming was a fever Um, but I didn't get to check my temperature and uh, I checked my temperature the next day and the fever was gone by then 
And then um, the symptoms, like mild symptoms, resumed for a few days. And so I decided to try to get tested, which was harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, but I also, you know, was in a situation where I did spend a lot of time around people who travel um, during work. I did spend a lot of time being exposed to other people at work. Um, a couple of my coworkers had been sick. Um, I don't know. They weren't able to get tested, so I don't know if they were diagnosed with it or not, but they both, um, a couple of them definitely went home sick and were very sick for a while. Mm. So I decided to do, um, make my best effort to get tested for out of the concern for other people, not just myself, but um, so that I could stay as safe as possible and self-isolate if I was sick um, and, uh, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it was kind of, it's been like a whirlwind of kind of emotions and mental health things going on, um, while waiting on my results for my test. So there's, um, you know, an anxiety that comes with that. And if you already have anxiety, it can make it worse and uh, it can amplify other situations too. So. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so you, so you were having some symptoms that seemed like they could, they were symptoms that are consistent with COVID-19. And so yes. you um, decided you were, you were going to do what you could to be tested for it, knowing that you'd been exposed to it um, or possibly been exposed to it. Rather you'd been exposed to folks who had, been sick and had symptoms though they weren't able to be tested yes um, so you wanted to get tested for it um so were you able to be tested for COVID-19 um I was I went to so I called an urgent care and I explained my symptoms to them and they told me if I came in um it's an urgent care that I normally use whenever I have to go mm -hmm. um to the doctor for any reason because uh while I am slash was insured by my job um I didn't have a primary care provider yet, so I would just go to an urgent care if I needed anything quickly because they were close to work. But I called that urgent care and they told me that I could come in and get a test. But then by the time I got to that urgent care, they weren't allowing anyone in the building. And I got there and there were, um, or they weren't allowing anybody upstairs. And I got there and in the lobby, there were signs everywhere that basically said like, if you're coming to get tested for COVID-19, this is what you have to do. Mm. Um, and none of the instructions involve going upstairs. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, uh, I was kind of confused and I told them that I had called someone less than two hours earlier that said I could come in and get tested. And they gave me a mask and they told me to stand far away from them. And then they gave, they told me basically that from the time I had left my house to the time I had gotten to this urgent care, they had decided not to let anyone else upstairs. And that was um, how long was that window? Probably a span of about two and a half hours, maybe. Wow. Maybe, maybe less than that. Stuff's changing um, so fast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so I asked them what I should do. And they sent me to this medical hall, um, medical building a few blocks up the street. And I got to this building and I walked in and I said, Hey, I was told to come here for testing for COVID-19. And they said, um, Oh yeah, we're not doing that anymore. So go to the emergency room around the corner. Oh boy. And I go to the emergency room around the corner and I walk inside and I finally get there. And I say, you know, I tell them, 
I've been exhibiting symptoms since Friday. I just came from the urgent care. They told me to come to you. And I know that I am have been around people who have also been exhibiting symptoms. I know that I work around and spend time around immunocompromised people. And I need to know my results. Uh, I was like, I, I don't want to sound entitled or anything, but I need to be tested today because, mm-hmm. you know, I live in close quarters with my roommate and I do work around older people and immunocompromised people. And so for the good of everybody in, involved, like I was going to have to file a work claim if I have tested positive. Mm-hmm. I was going to have to tell my coworkers. I was going to have to tell everybody I'd seen in the last two weeks, like all this stuff. So right. I wanted to do my best to get there. And so like I get in there and I'm telling this, all this to a person who's in like full, like full hazmat basically <laughs> like, wow, like covered head to toe in protective gear and gloves and mask and like a plastic visor over their face. It's a, a nurse. And, and thankfully the nurse, she said, um, okay. She said, well, we'll, we'll bring you back and we'll take you to the, the, waiting room and I get in the waiting room and there's like nobody there. So they're like really locking down these places because they don't, they want as few people as possible to be exposed to any of it. Um, and I get in there and they, I tell them what's going on and they take my temperature and I don't have a fever, but I do have at least a mild version of all the other symptoms. So they tell me that I can, that I'm allowed to get tested. And so I go back there. And they put me in a room with two chairs that's only small enough for, or only big enough for two chairs. Um, and the nurses and the doctors ask me all my questions through the window. And the doctor actually FaceTimed me on my phone and asked me all his questions over FaceTime. Wow. And not until they had actually like decided to test me, did any other person come in the room and it was the doctor and he was dressed in the same stuff as the nurse was at yep. the door. Um, and they shoved three cotton swabs up my nose and I went home and waited. (laughs) So that was it. They, they did, they, you know, collected the sample by shoving cotton swabs up your nose. Yeah. And then then that was it. You went home. Yeah. They gave me, they gave me, um, I mean, this feels so silly, but like they, they just give you cough medicine and Tylenol and like, Mm they wrote me a prescription for cough medicine and Tylenol and I took it to the store and the store was like, these are over, like you can get these over the counter. You'd pay a lot more to get them here. So just go get the over the counter. But that's all they do. They test, they, if it's not a severe case, they test you and they give you cough medicine and Tylenol and they send you home. And then you wait five days. um, For the result. Yeah. The, there are more rapid tests coming in now. Mm -hmm. Um, So some people in the last within the last few days that's also probably why a lot of the stats have risen so high too mm-hmm. is because there's a delay in the results for the tests because the first tests that we received in America or that were made in America only had a like they were only able to be like you can only get your results in like 5 to 7 days and those were sometimes taking up to 10 days for people right because um, those were the ones they were having to send to the CDC yeah to yeah. have them processed in Atlanta at the CDC. Yeah. Yeah. But now there are, uh, there are more, uh, there are more there are rapid tests available from uh, another country. I don't know where they came from, but um, 
so recently people have been able to just get their results by phone like an hour later, but I had to wait a week. (laughs) And this was, remind me again, this was how long ago that you were tested? My symptoms started last Friday. Um, and my test was, um, or I guess not last Friday, two Fridays ago. And then my test was last Wednesday. So that would have been Friday the 13th. Yep. My symptoms started on the 13th. Yeah. Okay. And then it would have been Wednesday the 18th. Probably 18th. Yeah. Yeah. Time. And mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. Okay. And so did you receive your results? I did receive my results. Okay. Um, I, ha- I tested negative, okay. um, which made me, uh, when I heard it, feel excited, but also a little bit guilty. <laughs> Why did you feel guilty? Um, I, I kind of felt, I mean, I, I knew that for myself, I wanted to be sure. And for other people around me and people that I spend time with and work around, I wanted to be sure. But I also, you know, going in there, I was in the room and I was just sitting there and I had like a dry cough, like just like a seasonal cough. And I was sitting between people in, in waiting in the hospital rooms that were experiencing severe symptoms, like uncontrollable symptoms at this point. And um, that was probably the scariest part about it was like, being in this room and thinking like, if I do have this thing, my symptoms are very mild. And there are Mm -hmm. people, there are people in this building right now, like with only a wall separating them and me who like can't even breathe because of this thing. So, um, and I, I felt like for a little bit, I felt kind of guilty for, you know, take, like, I felt like I was taking something away from someone who might've needed it more than me in that moment. Um, Mm like that that test could have like been used for someone who is you know positive and could have helped someone else um especially because i've been very diligent about social distancing and taking care of myself and trying to take care of other people by not spending a lot of time outside and by only going to places i need to go and everything so I don't know. I, I kind of felt I was happy to know that I, that I had tested negative because it meant that the people around me were safe. You know, the people I had been involved with, at least when it came to me, the people I had been involved with. Um, but I also felt kind of guilty because I was like, you know, I was thinking about myself and wanted to get this test and, I did really believe that there was a possibility that I could have it, but then I tested negative. So Mm. I don't know. It's like, like joy and guilt at the same time. I don't know. It was weird. Mm. What was it like waiting those five days? And was it exactly five days that you waited? I got tested Wednesday, six days. So it was, it was six days when they told me five to seven, I didn't know if it was going to be like business or the weekend or whatever. So I was kind of prepared to wait until like the end of this week um, Mm -hmm. to get my results. Like 
I was prepared to not know until probably like the 25th or the 26th um, if I, uh, what I had tested. Um, but it, that didn't change, you know, the, there's a lot of anxiety that comes with it. Um, cause not knowing, you know, even my symptoms, even, even what I was going through, whatever I ended up having, they said that there's a possibility that it was another flu like illness or another kind of viral infection. Um, so whatever I was experiencing at the time had the same symptoms as, as this virus, but they were very mild. So when it came to like managing my symptoms and everything, it was okay, but there was a lot of anxiety and a lot of um, doubt and fear in waiting to find out about it because, you know, I, I likened it to, um, you know, being, being gay, I thought about like how people must have felt when the, the HIV and AIDS epidemic was happening and how they, how they must have felt waiting to know if they mm. had it or, and, um, waiting to know if they had tested positive for HIV and with no known cure, like no medicine and no cure at that time, how it must have felt to be in that limbo space because like, this is killing people. Yeah. And um, when you're, when you're tested for it, you know, everybody experiences it differently, which is what we're finding out. But we're also discovering as time goes on that no age group is immune to this thing. And that, um, right. you know, like young people are dying, elderly people are dying, perfectly healthy people are being debilitated by this. Right. Um, I later found out that one of my coworkers did have it. Um, he, he was not allowed to be tested, but his, he, his hospital said, you know, you, we have very little doubt in our mind that you have this, but because you don't meet the criteria for the age group or the compromise or the, the people who are immunocompromised, cause he's a very healthy military veteran. Um, they were like, we, we're not legally allowed to test you. Um, uh, and that was a different hospital, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, there was, there's a lot of fear and anxiety that comes with being in the limbo state of this whole thing. Um, and I feel extremely fortunate both to have been able to find out, um, and, and to have been, to have tested negative. Um, but there's a lot of thoughts that run through your brain when you're alone in your apartment and you've told your upstairs neighbors that you can't see them literally the day they ask you to come up and like have dinner and play games. You have to tell them, Oh, I can't come cause I got tested yesterday or I got tested today. And then you're like, my roommate decided to, um, to leave so that she could uh, get some work done. Cause we were in close quarters and she's a work from home position and I'm not. So, um, we decided to take a little space from each other and, you know, being alone and waiting on those tests and my family calling me and my friends asking me things and not knowing, um, the biggest correlation that I drew was, you know, how, how people must've felt during the HIV and AIDS epidemic, because 
people were scared. People didn't know what to do. People didn't know what to think about this thing. And they didn't know whether it was going to, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, like spare them or kill them. Um, and that was kind of what I thought about a lot uh, until, but until and after I got my test results. I think it's so interesting to me. So it's interesting to me to hear you say that because, you know, obviously, you know, I've seen kind of references and things that harken back to the HIV AIDS epidemic. And, you know, very early on when there wasn't a lot of research or funding or kind of like broader community investment in, you know, getting HIV and AIDS like figured out, or, you know, there wasn't a ton of like understanding about how it was transmitted or yeah. um, any of that. And so there were just things that like, and so, I mean, I think that's one of these obvious similarities, right? Is like, there's a lot, there's a lot of like fear underneath that. But I think what's really interesting to me too, is kind of how shame factors into it. And when we think about HIV AIDS and like, I think about, I just am hearing people use um, the term, like I got tested, like blanket yeah. like, got tested. And I, you know, immediately my mind goes to getting tested for like sexually transmitted diseases. Like that's like, when I think of the get tested terminology, that's what I go to. Maybe it's because I was a sex educator, maybe, you know, whatever. But, um, and in so many ways it has some of these same features of like, yeah, if you, if you test positive, then there's like a notification system of people you've been around that you have this ethical responsibility to let people know. And like, what is that going to mean? And, uh, you know, there's this level of like feeling this responsibility to like be aware of your status in a way that is like also true of when you think about getting tested for STDs or like sexual health or things like that, but also in ways that feel very personal. Mm -hmm. And that like, if you talk to people about getting tested for anything that's sexually transmitted, there's a lot of this shame of like, there's not necessarily the same kind of thing you're describing. What you're describing more is like a guilt around, like, did I take a test away from someone who needs it more or like, you know, whatever. But there's this kind of like guilt or shame around, like, maybe if I, maybe if I just don't get tested, I can just pretend it's not a thing. Like if I don't know that I have it, that feels better. Right. And I haven't necessarily heard anybody explicitly say things like that, but we do talk about this idea that there are people who are kind of like vectors for this illness or who are carrying it around and passing it to other people without even knowing Yes, in ways that I think that parallel is, is fascinating to me. And fascinating is like, maybe not the word to use because this is like a very serious thing that is harming people. But I like, that's something that keeps coming up for me. And I think you're getting at a little bit is the idea of like, there's like an isolation and aloneness in it. There is a like, when you get from the time that you get tested to like hearing results, there is like the anxiety of like, okay, this could really go one of two ways and like, what's going to happen and what's that going to be like. And so, you know, I can only imagine also you're coupling that with being like you're saying, being isolated. Were you by yourself in the apartment for the entire time you were waiting for your results? Uh, yes, I got, so I got tested on, um, I got tested on Wednesday and my roommate, uh, my roommate left on Thursday to, um, to go work at her friend's apartment. Um, so I was, I was by myself and I'm currently by myself. She still 
has decided, um, she's decided to kind of uh, self-quarantine there for a little bit longer. Um, because we were both here for a week together. And then by the, by the time I got, uh, by the time my work got closed, she had been working from home for about a week. And then we were here for about a week together, but she wants to stay for a little bit over there just to be safe. Um, so I was alone the whole time, uh, and I'm alone currently, but I ventured out a little bit today, like around my block, not, not very far, but I'm just kind of around my block and like set on my stoop talking to my, um, my downstairs neighbor, um, at a quote unquote safe social distance. Um, just like we're hearing everywhere. Um, six feet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I have been by myself and as a, as an extroverted person and, uh, as a person who, uh, whose, you know, love languages are, um, physical touch and quality time. It's, that's also been like driving me a little bit crazy. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I bet. Well, how do you, like, what do you do then for kind of self-care or self-soothing when you can't kind of turn to those things you would normally go to of like hugging a friend or, you know, being with somebody close to you? Yeah. Um, so a a couple of things, um, oddly enough, uh, it's very appropriate right now, but one of my coping mechanisms is cleaning. (laughs) Yep. So, well, that's an adaptive one in this moment. Yes. So the apartment is very clean. Um, and also I have been, um, I've been fortunate to have a couple of groups of friends that have come together pretty strongly during all this. And we, we FaceTime, um, uh, a couple, a couple times a day, usually actually. And then I have another group of friends that we have scheduled, like, I think every, every other day at like around eight or eight thirty, we get on and talk to each other for a little bit. And I've had individual, um, individual people who have really comforted me too. Um, uh, and then I've been doing, uh, I've been making music. Um, I've been making cover videos on Instagram and, uh, kind of sending them out to, um, kind of, you know, it helps me cope cause I'm an artist. So music helps me, um, helps to soothe me. But then I also have been sending them out, putting them out on the internet for, other people if they need you know kind of a moment to chill out or something that maybe it can help them the same way that it helps me so that's awesome I love that so you know there's probably someone listening right now who is hearing this and is like oh my god you know like I'm really struggling whether it's because they're struggling with you know, just being kind of in an isolated or like unable to leave their home kind of state. And that's really hard for them, whether that's somebody who's like, I'm feeling sick and, you know, I'm going to go in and like get the test for COVID-19, whether it's somebody who's like, I'm going in to get the test. I'm trying to cope with like whatever the waiting period is, although it sounds like it might be shorter now, but like to someone who is, who is struggling right now and who is having a tough time, what would you say to that person? Um, I would say um, to, to people who are struggling in general, I would say to, um, it, help, it helps me to think about the fact that, you know, 
no, no one is really going through this alone right now. Like we are in our own homes and we're self-isolating and we're taking care of ourselves. And by doing that, we're taking care of other people, mm -hmm. but everybody is doing this. You know, we're, um, this is oddly enough, one of the most unifying things that I've seen in my lifetime mm -hmm. has been that people are for the most part taking this seriously and, and, um, staying in their homes and taking care of themselves and by, by doing that, taking care of each other. So mm -hmm. I would say one thing to remember is that literally nobody is alone in this because everybody's doing it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and I would say, you know, to not put too much pressure on yourself and make yourself feel like you have to accomplish a mile long to-do list while you're stuck at home. Mm -hmm. um, the most important thing out of all this is to take care of yourself. And sometimes taking care of yourself means getting up and doing a workout and making breakfast and working from home for a few hours and working on a home project and uh, calling your parents and, uh, you know, working on another project in the evening and watching a show and going to bed. And sometimes taking care of yourself means waking up, pouring a bowl of cereal and taking it to your room and staying in bed all day. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I, you have to listen to yourself and you know, your, your version of taking care of yourself is going to change from day to day. And you shouldn't put any pressure on yourself to make that look a certain way because you wouldn't do that if you were able to leave your house. So why would you do that if you're stuck at home, you know? Yeah. Um, to people who are waiting on results and things like that, to people who are, who are being tested for it and, or who have tested positive for it. Um, you know, the most, the most important thing is to stay home and take care of yourself. Um, but also the, the, the anxiety and the fear and the limbo, uh, feeling of it all is going to be there. Um, whether you, whether you want it to be or not, um, because this is a very uncertain time and people are scared and people are unsure and people don't really know what to do. Um, but you just have to listen to your doctor, do what your doctor says, uh, take care of yourself, monitor your symptoms and, mm -hmm. and just remember that the good part about it is that the weight will be, you know, the weight will be over and there's more peace of mind in knowing regardless of whether you're negative or positive for COVID-19, there's more peace of mind in knowing than there is in dwelling on the fact that you don't know. So um, if you're doing what the doctor tells you, you're already staying at home by yourself and you're already taking care of yourself and you're already distancing yourself from other people. Um, so feel those feelings, you know, but don't, um, try not to allow them to overtake you because like they did me for a couple of days and I got really, really down and really scared. Um, but you have to let yourself feel those feelings, but also do what you need to do to manage them and to um, alleviate them, whatever that looks like for you, because it's going to look different for everyone. Cause we've not, none of us have done this. We're all learning together. So. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. 
If you loved it, please take a second to subscribe on your favorite platform, leave a rating or a review, and take a screenshot and share it on social media or with a friend who needs to hear a message like this one. I love the chance to hear from you and connect with you because it gives me the opportunity to remind you that you are worthy, worthy of wholeness and happiness and just good things. So send me the question or the topic that's keeping you up at night or that you just want to hear more about. You can send me a voice memo at anchor.fm slash Aubrey Henderson, and I can actually include any voice memos that you send me in the show, which I think is pretty rad. Or you can send a good old-fashioned written message from my website at aubreyhenderson.com. I'll see you next time, babes.